Hi and welcome to the We Are Zion Sermon Podcast. We begin our Lenten sermon series titled The Way of the Cross. Christine Geshom shares on how the way that we are called to choose is narrow but infinitely blessed. Let's open our hearts and minds to hear God's word and allow it to minister to us on a deeper level. Hi church, even as we begin our Lenten series, um, we've been meditating on what we should look at as a church And uh, the more we looked at it last year, if you remember, we did the Only Jesus series. And so this this year, as we were thinking about it, we just realized how many of us give up something during the Lenten time. Either we fast meat or sugar or we give up social media for 40 days. Whatever it is that we do, somehow that revolves around us because at the end of it, either we lose weight or we have peace of mind being free of social media or we have more energy because we go on an all vegetable diet or whatever it is. And somehow, um, what should really be about denying ourselves becomes all about us. And uh, Jesus gets lost in that mix. But uh, we wanted to bring it back to Jesus. We wanted to look at what uh, the way of the cross looked like, what Jesus endured when he was on earth, uh, what it looked like as he journeyed towards the cross. And that's what the series is going to be about. We're going to be looking over the next couple of weeks as to what that looks like for each one of us as followers of Jesus. And and so today I'm just going to be giving us an overview of what this way looks like. Um, And I'm just going to be reading for each of us from Matthew chapter 7 verses 13 to 14. I'm reading, reading from the Amplified Version. This is what it says. The narrow and wide gates. Enter through the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad and easy to travel is the path that leads the way to destruction and eternal loss. And there are many who enter through it, but small is the gate and narrow and difficult to travel is the path that leads the way to everlasting life. And there are few who find it. So it's obvious from this passage that the way that we're talking about, the way of the cross is actually a narrow, narrow way. Why is it narrow? Because it's just one criteria by which you enter this way. And that is believing on the Lord Jesus. There is no other criteria required to enter this way. Um, Any other belief system would have multiple things that you can check and then probably enter. But here it's just one. So it's either a pass or a fail. It's that narrow. Why is it a hard path? Why is it difficult? Why is Jesus himself saying it's hard? Because let's face it, the Christian life is not for wimps. We have setbacks, we have struggles, we have difficulties. And so it is a hard pathway. And that's what Jesus was saying. Hey, it's a narrow way. It's a hard way. And so um, the requirement of us seems rather large, right? So you probably ask me, why choose this hard way? Why must I choose the narrow way? What is it? Uh, as we, we heard Jesus say, it leads to abundant life this way. It leads to eternal life. So yeah, there are eternal perks to this. But what am I, uh, what is the assurance I have in choosing this way? Will I have anything advantages to me on this side of eternity? And that's what we're going to be looking at today, that we're going to look at the same passage. We're going to look at the exact same passage. and We're going to look closer at what Jesus is actually saying. Um, it's found in verse 13 and 14. Let's read that again. It says, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad and easy to travel is the path that leads the way to destruction and eternal loss. And there are many who enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow and difficult to travel is the path that leads the way to everlasting life. And there are few who find it. So I want us to look at two words from this passage, gate and way. And I want us to think deeper on it because it's interesting that Jesus 
at later stages in the gospel says he is the gate he also says he is the way and so if i were to uh, really sum it up this is what i would say if you have chosen the narrow path thus far not to worry yes it's a hard path but there is great benefit to it and i'll tell you why the first reason that we must choose the narrow way is because one jesus is the way and the way maker let's look at john chapter 14 verse 6 this is what it says jesus told him i am the way the truth and the life no one can come to the father except through me jesus is having this conversation with his disciples and then thomas says lord but we don't know the way to the father and jesus looks at him in surprise and says thomas how can you say that i am the way i am the way the truth and the life i am the way to the father so jesus is saying i am the way you need me but not just that i'm also the way maker i make the way to the father you don't no longer have to be in doubt about how you're going to have access to god you have access to him through me and that's what this whole thing is about that jesus is not just the way he's the way maker i don't know if you, about you but if you look at john the baptist life have you ever wondered that um he was a way maker in himself right in his own statement this is what he said in john 123 he said he replied in the words of the prophet isaiah i am a voice shouting in the wilderness clear the way for the lord's coming this was john attesting to himself and he's saying i'm a way maker i am making the way for the messiah who's coming after me but john also went on to say that hey i just came to prepare the road for him but the rest of this is on him he's going to do greater things than i've ever done john was basically sent to wake up the people he was sent to preach a, a gospel of repentance he was saying hey repent for the kingdom of god is at hand and the kingdom of god was coming in the in the shape and sound of the messiah and so john's job was just that he prepared the way for the messiah but the messiah himself jesus himself is the way and not just that he makes a way for us what does that look like for each of us each of us have different lives that we live each of us are running different journeys you know like a race like a runner on a track each of us are running on parallel tracks our own lives but each of us have our own set of obstacles each of us have our own struggles we have challenges that rise out out of nowhere we have setbacks we have disappointments but when he is the way maker he promises not every time to remove this this the struggle or the obstacle sometimes he gives us grace for the struggle sometimes he he turns an obstacle into a blessing sometimes he does remove some of the stuff that is a barrier to us but he never leaves us because he is the way maker that's what it looks like it's so easy that we get caught up in sometimes making our own way in life i for one i notice this so often as a wife as a mother i'm trying to make everything work out i'm trying to order our schedules i'm trying to make sure i say and do the right thing and be everywhere at once and i find that it leaves me exhausted it leaves me at the end of my rope but then i realized that that was never my calling to begin with john the baptist knew that i just make the way for the messiah but he's the way he's the real way he makes a way he makes the way clear and easy to the father and so can we stop making our own way can we stop micromanaging and controlling every aspect of our life and saying lord you are the way and you are the way maker you will do what you will in my life to make me keep moving forward towards that goal so can we allow jesus to be the way and to be the way maker the second thing that i want us to remember as to why 
choosing the narrow way is the best way possible is because Jesus is the sheep gate and the shepherd. What does that mean? John chapter 10 verses 7 to 9, it says this. So he explained it to them. I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. So here Jesus alludes to himself being the gate through which sheep enter. Verses 11 to 14 says this, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. Just as my father knows me and I know the father, so I sacrifice my life for the sheep. So here Jesus first says he's the gate and then he says I'm the good shepherd. And I don't know about you, I've, I've not seen a shepherd in our area where we live, but I have seen a cow herd. And so he has a bunch of cows and buffaloes who he leads every morning to our lake. And, you know, they spend the whole day wading in the marshy, marshy area and then they feed on the grass. And he comes at regular intervals to check on them. And it's amazing how these animals uh, will see him coming on the bike from a distance. And even from a distance, they know the sound of his bike, I'm guessing. They will start making their way out of the water. They come out, they wait for him. He will milk them, fill his pails up and then send them back to graze. And then he goes about his work. And the evening at the exact same time every day, he will come and shout for them. And wherever they are on, you know, on the banks of the lake, they will come to him. They hear his voice and they just come to him. And we've seen how much he cares for his herd. He is so present. He's always around somewhere. He might not be seen to us all the time, but he somehow has a sixth sense about his animals. And so that's how an earthly shepherd or a cow herd works. We know of another shepherd in the word of God. We know about King David, who started out as a shepherd boy. And this is what Psalm 78 says about David as a shepherd. It says, he chose his servant David, calling him from the sheep pens. He took David from tending the ewes and lambs and made them the shepherd of Jacob's descendants, God's own people, Israel. He cared for them with a true heart and led them with skillful hands. This was David. We know from the account that he has, the exchange he has with Saul, that he was a passionate shepherd. He would protect his sheep from an attacking lion or a bear. With his bare hands, he's destroyed them. He's used a slingshot. We knew that he was passionately possessive of his flock. That didn't change when he became king. He cared about his people. But there was this important occasion when he didn't behave like a good shepherd. You know what he did with Uriah and Bathsheba? He actually sacrificed Uriah's life so that he could cover his sin and take Bathsheba home. And the prophet Nathan actually narrates to him how he has messed up. And he says, you didn't care for what you had. You took what belonged to someone else and you coveted that. And so that was an occasion when David proved to be a finite human man. He wasn't a good shepherd at that point of time. He was, he was a shepherd. But the good shepherd, that description can be only given to Jesus because 
which shepherd that you or I know of would lay down his life for his sheep? Run after a sheep that is caught in the mouth of a wolf? Maybe. But would the shepherd give his life for the sheep? I don't think so. That's Jesus for you. That's who Jesus is. So he's not just the sheep gate, not just the way for us to enter in, but he's the good shepherd. How does that translate to our lives? Some of you in following Jesus may have had to abandon families, may have had to give up so much. Or maybe in this season, you're having a struggle right at home or maybe with your health. And you're saying, God, how am I going to do this? I've chosen you. I'm following you. But the road seems so hard. Can I encourage you that he is the good shepherd? You've walked through that gate. You've taken that commitment. He is not going to abandon you for a second. Because like a good shepherd, he holds you close to him, close to his bosom. He loves you. He, he cares so deeply for you. That is who he is. So Jesus is not just the way. He's the way maker. He's not just the sheep gate. He's the good shepherd. And um, when, as someone who works on content the whole time, the more I read this, read this it just confused me. I, I started asking God, did you get your metaphors mixed up? Did you somehow forget what you were saying? When you were teaching your people that because the, the metaphors are all over the place, sheep gate and then shepherd way and then also the way to the father, the way maker. And then it dawned on me that these were not, a, this was not a problem of content. This was not a gr grammatical error. This was intentional. Jesus was saying, hey, I need to be your everything. I need to be your alpha, omega and everything in between. You know, Jesus is not just an add-on. He's not just someone who you walk through and say, Lord, I accept you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. And then he doesn't say, go it alone. Do this on your own. You're good. Don't worry. Some of, sometimes in our parenting, we make those mistakes. You know, we, we get our kids a complicated Lego piece and then we say, go figure it out. And then it sits in the cupboard for months on end because the kid has no courage to take that out and work on it themselves. But here's a God who's so involved with us. He says, you know what? You've chosen me. I'm with you. I'm with you every step of the way. Like he says in, in John 14, he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. And that's what this life is about. That's what this narrow way is about. As narrow as it is, as few as the number of people traversing it are, as difficult as it is, we are not alone. He's with us every step of the way. He keeps making a way for us. If you walked this journey of being a Christian for a, a, a certain period of time, you can attest, I'm sure, to the fact when things seemed like you were just up against a wall, you felt like the obstacles were greater than your opportunities. I'm sure you found times when God has just made a way, when he just opened up the sea for you to walk through on dry land. Maybe there were times when your health was in such a bad place, you didn't know what was next, but then God provided. God gave you a solution. That's who our God is. He is the way maker. He doesn't, doesn't say, I'm the way. He says, I'll help you. I'm with you. You may have thought, you know what? I've given up so much and come into the faith. Hey, but you know what? He knows. He's watching, with, watching over you. He cares for you. The way a shepherd cares over his flock, he cares for you. So he is not just the way. He's the way maker. He's not just the sheep gate. He's the good shepherd. He is our everything. Is he your everything? If you're finding the narrow way scary, you're finding it intimidating, can I encourage you that today you will understand that he's got everything in his hands. He knows he's willing to help. He's right beside you. That he, from the moment of salvation, the minute you accept Jesus in, he is with you on this journey every single day. 
as we get renewed in him the holy spirit is with us urging us on helping us even before we end this service i just want to take a few minutes to lead us into a time of repentance because there have been so many times i know for this for a fact from my life when i've not enjoyed the narrow way when i've looked at the narrow way as constrictive when i've looked at it and said it's restrictive it doesn't let me live the way i desire to live it it's always about rules and regulations but the truth is on the narrow way there is freedom on the narrow way there is provision that even though the obstacles are many there are incredible opportunities that come after that and and i believe that so many of so many times we have tried to make our own way we have decided we must control every aspect of our lives and we've left god out of the picture and today can we just close our eyes at this time and spend a few minutes reflecting on areas when we've chosen the broad way over the narrow way maybe we're in a season of backsliding maybe we've said you know what jesus i don't want too much of you i've had it up to here but can we repent and come back and say lord i'm sorry i'm sorry when i have chosen the broad way i'm sorry when i have tried to make my own ways i'm sorry when i forgotten how you gave your life for me that my guilt and my shame are taken away forgive me when i have buckled under the pressures of the world forgive me when i have buckled under fear and anxiety forgive me when i have acted like i don't have a god who is with me at all times forgive me when i have chosen shortcuts the bypass routes when i have taken the ethical shortcut when i have not taken the route you desired for me lord i'm sorry can we just spend some time asking him your story may be different but you know the routes you've taken you know if you're not on the narrow path can you just ask him lord bring me back i ask that you forgive us lord and we lay it before you we pray that lord you will work afresh in us you will do a new thing in our lives We love you Father in Jesus name. Amen. Before we end, I just want us to read Isaiah chapter 40 because um that's where the prophet Isaiah prophesies about who John the Baptist is and what he's going to be and he he does a beautiful description of who the Messiah is going to be and I just want to read two sections from it. Isaiah chapter 40 verses 10 to 11. This is what it says. Yes, the sovereign Lord is coming in power. He will rule with a powerful arm. See, he brings his reward with him as he comes. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will carry the lambs in his arms, holding them close to his heart. He will gently lead the mother sheep with their young. What a great assurance of who Jesus is. He is the good shepherd. That wherever you are in your life, he carries you. If you're in a season where you feel vulnerable and and broken and fragile he says he carries you in his arms he gently leads mother sheep with young you are his child he loves you so deeply and he's leading you so gently right now can we read verses 27 to 31 this is what it says oh jacob how can you say the lord does not see your troubles oh israel how can you say god ignores your rights have you never heard have you never understood the lord is the everlasting god the creator of all the earth He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak, strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired, and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk 
and not faint. It's so interesting that this part of the passage is so real because so often we have felt like we would faint from exhaustion. So often we have felt weary. We felt weak physically, spiritually, emotionally. So often we felt like God was not around us. He, he couldn't hear us, that he was not even present. But here he says, guess what? You can't understand him. You can't measure the depths of his understanding. We don't know his ways. He's at work in our lives, but we don't know it so often. It also says he gives power to the weak, strength to the powerless. If you're feeling that today, you're in a good place. You're in the right place because he's going to give you his power. He's going to give you strength. And that when you trust in the Lord, this is amazing. He says you will find new strength. So if you're saying I'm on the last leg of my old strength, he's going to give you fresh strength. He's going to help you soar high on wings like eagles. No more crawling through life in survival mode. No, he wants you to soar. He'll give you an eternal perspective as you soar high. And he wants you to run and not grow weary. Walk and not faint. All of it talks about forward movement. You know, so on the way that we're walking, the narrow way, we're not meant to stay stagnant. We're not meant to just sit and say, I can't do this anymore. No, he's saying, keep moving. I'll help you walk. I'll help you run. I'll help you soar. That's the God we serve. So I want to ask you today, will you continue to choose this narrow way every single day of your lives, knowing that he is the way maker, that he doesn't leave you not for a second, that he's the good shepherd who carries you when you can't walk, and helps you to run when you need it. Can we just thank this God for who he is? Father, we just thank you because you truly are the way, the truth, and the life. We thank you because you truly are the way maker. We thank you that, Lord, we have entered through the sheep gate that is you. And we thank you that you've chosen each of us, Lord, and that we thank you for what you're doing in our lives. And Father, we thank you that you're the good shepherd. And we thank you for giving your life for us. And Father, we just rededicate our lives to you at this time. We pray that, Lord, every single morning when we wake up, we dedicate our lives to the narrow way. We pray, oh Father, that we will choose you again and again, that we'll place you at the center of our lives. That, Lord, over the next few weeks, that, Lord, you will be everything that we revolve our lives around. I pray that you will help us, be with us, strengthen us, Lord, for the journey ahead. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You might have heard that any good habit needs about 21 days for you to put it into practice, for it to actually become a habit in your life. And so we are hoping that over the next 40 days, as we meditate on the way of the cross and all that Jesus endured and overcame, that it would become a habit for us to include Jesus in our everyday day. So that after the 40 days, you know, it just becomes part of our life, that our lives will revolve around him and not around ourselves, not around our needs and our desires, but around him. So that's our desire as we take this journey towards the cross, that we keep Jesus in the forefront. And I encourage you this week to keep reminding yourself of this gospel truth that he's the way maker and he's the good shepherd. Have an amazing week ahead. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. To hear more messages like this, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you like what you are hearing, Consider rating us, subscribing, and even sharing it with friends. That would really help us. For more content from We Are Zion and to connect with us, go to wearezion.in. Remember, whoever finds Jesus, finds life.